0: We are going to dive right into something today that um, will cause a lot of you some angst, but there's gonna be a lot of angst causing in these messages in the future when we'll have to do quite a a long series on hell, quite a long series on does God talk to you, quite a long series on what do we do with the Bible and who told us what about the Bible. We're gonna have to have a long series on What about women in Christianity and the roles? Are there roles? Uh, Are those made up sort of thing culturally? We have so much to cover. So this is going to be one of many uh, controversial ones. All right? So just brace yourself, do the best you can. That's all we ask. Also, if you would hit subscribe, let your friends know about this. YouTube treats us better when we get bigger numbers. They still don't treat us great, but there you are. And and one of the reasons is that we're not trying to monetize what we're doing. We're not pay, we're not asking you to subscribe and then pay a monthly fee. And, and they're a business. They're not a God business. They're just a business. And I don't mind them wanting to make money, but it can make life difficult at times. That said, <clears throat> some of you, uh, early on in our safe Harbor day, uh, told us that you, you loved the worship, but just me and Misha up there, was getting old. And so you started tuning out to the worship. You need to know we understood all of that. We got that. Misha's fantastic. I'm only adequate as backing her up. And in the last month or so, she has been turned loose to grab a bunch more musicians and vary the music quite a bit. So go back and have a listen to the last few weeks. See how things have changed. that said, it wouldn't be Patrick if I didn't have to clear my throat, right? The Great Schism. In 1054, the church, as the world knew the church, which would be Catholic, split. There was a formal split. It had been coming since, I would argue, the 700s. But on one side, you had Augustine or Augustine and Saint uh, Thomas Aquinas. On the other side, you had the Eastern Patriarchs and the Eastern Fathers. And they disagreed about several things. So we can't just narrow this down. Life is never quite that simple. But one of the main breaking points between them was in the West, in the creeds, the Holy Spirit proceeded from the Father and of the Son, while in the East, he proceeded of the Father. And I'm gonna just adjust this because this thing kinda slipped down a little bit. Okay, hope that's a little bit better. Everybody all right? Okay. Um, What about the Trinity? I wanna ask you a really serious question, and I don't want your fear at the question to block your honest answer. If you were a simple person, which I assume we all are, and you just read this scripture, would you have come away with an understanding of the Trinity? I'm not really sure. Now, I hasten to say that all the smart people that have done all the hard work on this over the centuries have convinced me. I believe in Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, I think all three of them are co-equal, of the same substance, and that they have been co-equal through eternity, without beginning and without an end. And that makes me a very solid Trinitarian. But it doesn't make me afraid to ask questions about, okay, I'm a Trinitarian. Many, many of my friends are, and some of them have been open, some of them won't tell me, but I'm pretty sure they are something called a modalistic monarchianism that they follow that, which means there's only one God, but he has three different ways of showing up. And when he's doing this, he's called the father and when he's doing this. He's called the son and when he's doing this, he's called the spirit. And then there are other variations of this. There are others of my friends that will say, but wait a minute, <clears throat> we're supposed to speak where the Bible speaks and remain silent where the Bible is silent admirable but isn't it kind of ironic that the very thing that says speak where the bible speaks and be silent where the bible is silent is not found in scripture so they'll say it's not found you know trinity the word trinity is not found in the bible in fact when i was a boy we would e- we would even go through our song books and scratch out trinity we, we were not being vandals the minister was telling us to do this. We all, as a congregation, we all sat down and he'd say, turn to this number, and like, holy, holy, holy. And instead of Trinity, blessed Godhead three, which technically is also not found in scripture, but there were some English translations that did say Godhead. So, although none of us had an idea what Godhead meant, we used that word, and I'm sorry, it just seems a bit sad to me. There are many words that are not in Scripture that we use to describe what we find in Scripture because language, that's what language does. It thinks about things and then it forms a term for things. and then that term either becomes part of the common parlance or it remains part of the professional um, that little sublanguage that professions have with each member. But let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Early Christians really worked on this and they had to because Christians were dying for their faith. They're being thrown into the, the Colosseum, that's the famous one. They're being strung up by Nero and uh, coated with oil and let while alive to be uh, torches for his garden parties. I, this was a horrible, horrible time if you've listened to my series on Revelation that is on the same channel you know about that as well it's kind of important to know if you're dying for something that's real um, you don't want to die for a bad doctrine you don't want to die for something silly so whenever you're dying for something you better know what you're dying for and so early Christians it's very serious for them to gather around you know what scriptures they had and to discuss about what scriptures they'd heard of, and then their leaders, <clears throat> who had access to far more books than they'll ever see in their lives, they their leaders worked, and their leaders would talk to them. Now, if you're thinking, "Aha, that's the flaw in the system," that's the way we learn everything. Uh, what I know about physics, I've learned from people who do physics. I did not do the physics. You know, in other words, I didn't. I didn't go and measure the wave. Uh, patterns of the universe and differentiate time from gravity, which I didn't do all of that. What I did was I read and I listened to lectures and I talked to professors. We learn from experts. And so I have no problem with having to go to an expert and read their take on this and then make up my own mind. And that's where I really want to get to you. What if you can't get your head around this? Are you still a Christian? Yes. Yes. Well, I absolutely believe in the Trinity in a very classical sense of the term. I have no problem with those who believe well Jesus was created by God and the Holy Spirit then eminent, you know, goes for I have no problem with this. Why? Because they still believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And they still believe that God sent his son because he loves us. And Jesus convinced us of that love, demonstrating it by his life, death, and then God demonstrated his power over death. Christ the King, the ruler over all, rises from the grave. Paul said, that's really all he knew. That little snippet, that little story, 1 Corinthians 15, he says, that's really all I know. That's really, good enough now I believe that we should go forward and by the way I'm not new in this there was a man um, Thomas Campbell and Alexander Campbell uh, but Thomas Campbell wrote something called the declaration and address back in 1809 he was well ahead of the curve here and wanting to go back to the future he wanted to go back to the original source of Christianity the original form of it and in thought and somewhat in form and and that that would unite a severely divided christendom the document is not perfect but it is wonderful absolutely wonderful and one of the first propositions is we're all going to be different on our progressions toward god so we don't judge each other as to where we are and then he goes further and says while all of these deductions from scripture with all of the learning that people have of the different words and the different ways, while those can absolutely be called the teaching of Scripture, we can't bind them on anybody unless they can read their Bibles and they can evidently see it. Well, I've read my Bible, but I've also read and listened to all these other people, and so I believe in the Trinity. But God nowhere makes that a, um, one of these qualifications to be saved. He just doesn't. Look in Matthew 25 again, the judgment scene. Jesus shows us what it is, is how did you treat each other? How were you good to each other? Even at the point of putting yourself at risk, sacrificing your own goods and which many of you have sacrificed to keep this going and Thank you. I mean, it's just overwhelming and I appreciate it. You don't have to believe in this, but is it reasonable? Last thing, um, uh, when you work in science, you work with uh, Muslims because Muslim countries know that if you want to get ahead and get your family ahead, you you get get your kid to the West. And get them through a STEM program, one of the scientific programs, right? Science technology, you know, anything to do with, with engineering and math. And so you run across quite a few of them, and and some of them are my friends, and one of them is probably my best friend. And so they'll look at you and they'll say, But Patrick, we worship one God, Allah. You worship three. And I'll say, No. We worship. One, and there are three persons. You know, look at me like you're just trying to skate, and then I bring up quantum physics, and lights start going on. Because you see, when you go really big or really small, all of our classical physics begins to to splinter, and it doesn't really work well. So we bring in quantum physics, and to be very honest, quantum physics only works in its area as well. Uh, the universe is far weirder than you could ever imagine, but it's so weird that if you get big enough, three is one, and one is three, and the numbers don't matter. And that something can be so small, it can go through itself without touching itself, and it can be a particle and a wave beam at the same time in different places, and yet one. We understand all of that when it comes to quantum physics. Why then do we pull back and say, but I don't see how God, I do, makes perfect sense. Is it something I would have come up with? No. By the way, C.S. Lewis says, that's kind of one of the proofs that it's real. Is it stuff that we would never been able to imagine on our own? And C.S. Lewis was born and died a long time before the quantum aspect to the universe was really beginning to be understood, and it's still just beginning to be understood. All right. We've gone 13 minutes, and I really do try to keep these to 10 to 15. And I know that some of you may be troubled, Well, what else do we not have to believe? Why don't we just hold on to Jesus and trust him? Has he not shown himself to be trustworthy? I think so. I'm gonna be wrong. Everybody you know is gonna be wrong, and you're gonna be wrong, not him. So why don't we grab the one true thing we know, and then add to it from our studies and our contemplations and our prayers and our thoughts but not consider those equal with the one big fact of the universe god loves us sent his son and that changed everything all right have a great week i'll see you on wednesday lord Welland with another uh, episode in the book of Galatians. If you're not with us so far, you can get all these lessons or reading um, the scripture of the New Testament in the order the books were written. So pre-read Galatians 2 and 3 for this Wednesday.